You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 45 of Take a Bow. I'm your host, Eli Tokash, and today we have a very exciting guest. We have a guest who's going to be talking about uh, a side of the industry that we have not yet heard about or talked about or anything, but it is all under the entertainment and performing arts umbrella and that guest is Nicholas Gelmoni, and he is a dear friend of mine, and he is the one who kind of introduced me to the world of circus during Pippin. So that's what we're talking about today. You know, during Pippin, they brought in a bunch of acrobats for the revival that Diane Paulus had re-envisioned of the show, and they brought professional circus performers, and we got to learn from them, and ever since, I've stayed in touch with him And he's taught me so, so much about the circus world and all kinds of tricks that I I still do to this day. Um, So I was very excited to talk to him about his background and how he got to where he was and all things circus with Broadway and all kinds of performing arts stuff. He's doing a lot of things in quarantine, which we talked about. Um, It was just really great to hear, um, you know, someone who's never really heard of Broadway making their Broadway debut literally two or three weeks after they graduated circus school. Um, So it's a really fun story, and I know you all will enjoy it. But before we turn it over to the interview, why don't we talk a little Broadway, shall we? Literally, Thursday, like when the last episode had aired, either Thursday or Friday, it was shortly after uh, last week's episode aired, de Blasio had a big press conference about the importance of vaccinating theater workers to kind of get Broadway back into the swing of things. Um, So he had a big press conference, and it was really encouraging to hear everything that he had to say, and just to hear that, you know, finally, New York is trying to work to getting everyone in the theater community vaccinated, um, so that you know, we can be as safe as possible, especially as we get closer to hopefully reopening. So with that being said, during his press conference, he had said a few things that kind of validated my argument that I have mentioned a few times on this podcast in saying that, you know, these theater workers, especially in New York and everywhere, really, just any entertainment or performing arts industry worker should be considered essential workers. I mean, I think that's as plain and simple as that, you know, like, I feel like everyone has truly learned about that during the whole pandemic. They've turned to the art world. That goes to drawing and painting and whatever, but especially people have turned to Netflix, and they've turned to music, and they've turned to all kinds of like YouTube, even and like anything. Everyone's been trying to find time to pass the time. Everyone's been using this time 
to kind of educate themselves on, you know, the culture of the entertainment industry in general. And, you know, obviously, a lot of people have been saying, you know, oh, I'd love nothing more than to go to a live concert or a Broadway show or anything like that. It's clearly missed. So just to hear uh, de Blasio say these workers and artists are practically essential workers as a performing artist it just made you kind of reflect and just be like yeah that's right like we are and like that's kind of what we've been fighting for during all of this just to be noticed and kind of hopefully figure out ways to get our jobs back in the in the way it was and speaking of other performing artists Andre de Shields and Telly Leung also made appearances during his press conference and kind of chatted with him about the importance of Broadway opening up. And, um, you know, they both had beautiful stories to share of what Broadway meant to them and what it meant to perform every night and go out there to inspire others and entertain others and allow others to escape. And all of the things that I've said throughout our 45 episodes here on Take a Vow, but also just like they've they told their stories, you know, it was great to hear from Andre DeShields, who's literally a legend in the industry. And of course, Telly Leung, who also shared some stories about himself being in a part of the AAPI community. So it was just really great to hear. And, and if you didn't listen to that, and if you haven't seen anything from that, Go check out some clips from it. I'm sure it's on YouTube. I'm sure you can find it somewhere on social media, um, anything like that. It's definitely worth a listen just to hear from Andre DeShields and Telly Leung, both Broadway and also TV and film. Like They're just really impactful artists in our industry. So it was great to hear from them. Speaking of Telly Leung and being in the AAPI community, I don't know if any of you all saw, but I've been watching SNL more and more lately because I, I have a friend on it. His name is Bowen Yang, and he had a great segment on SNL, the new segment with Colin Jost and Michael Shea. They gave him a little skit in it, and it was great because it seems like he kind of wrote it or improvised it or whatever. And honestly, he's a comedian, and he tried to bring light to these situations involving the AAPI community. And he did it in such a impactful and moving way. But yet there was still a comedic side to it. So I don't know if it was him who either wrote it or improvised it. Or I'm sure it was a combination of both maybe SNL wrote it and he kind of did his own little thing with it. But Either way, I mean, it was a great segment. It was a great addition to the new segment because usually they just do like silly skits. And like this skit was like really good because it was silly, but yet still very impactful and very meaningful uh, to the current events in our world right now. So kudos to SNL and Bo and Yang. And thank you for doing that skit and educating others. He dropped a bunch of links and uh, mentioned a bunch of organizations that you should all read about or donate to. Just look up Bo and Yang on SNL, the, or you could look up like the news skit with Colin Joseph, Michael Shea. Either one, I'm sure something will pop up. So obviously, you know, hearing from de Blasio and hearing what they all had to say and trying to vaccinate theater workers quicker and you know, trying to get Broadway rolling. And honestly, he mentioned like New York City, because New York City is 
is Broadway <laughs> in, in a lot of ways. Um, so New York City can't really come back until Broadway comes back. So he just stressed the importance of it. And this week, it came out that vaccines will be available for 16 and older on April 6th. So you can just tell that they are really trying to push vaccinations and getting New York vaccinated uh, as quickly as possible. I'm so excited because now I won't have to wait till my birthday on May 5th to get the vaccine. I can now hopefully make an appointment on April 6th. Um, I'm sure they will be booked, but hopefully let's pray for the best. And it's just great because it also came out that theaters are uh, on schedule to reopen in September and they dropped a hint of possibly earlier so that's exciting news, and there are rumors that are still out there that continue to circle around that Hamilton is definitely shooting for a July 4th reopening. So we'll see about that. Obviously, um, that doesn't mean all of Broadway will be reopening on July 4th, but I wouldn't be surprised if Hamilton is able to pull it off because Hamilton, as we all know, isn't struggling, <laughs> and they can afford to add necessary precautions to open at like a sooner date and i'm sure they can whether it's rapid covid tests on site what before you go into the theater whether it's just uh, affording plastic things to put in between the seats whatever it may be i'm sure there will be protocols and i'm sure they will go above and beyond to open sooner so we'll see about that it, it's definitely happening. Broadway is definitely opening soon because another interesting thing that happened was that Phantom, uh, the Phantom of the Opera, sent out an open call to begin the auditioning process again. So it, it's definitely coming. I mean, it, I, obviously the producers of the shows know more than anybody at this point in time, uh, especially the producers of the show that are currently on Broadway. But we're all kind of guessing. But just to hear that they're holding virtual open calls and soon enough we'll be holding in-person auditions. It's great to hear because the sooner that those all start, the sooner that Broadway can reopen. Uh, I stressed it uh, a lot on here, you know, hopefully that September date didn't mean that's when you can start auditioning because not only will they have to audition new uh, performers and actors for the show, but they'll also probably need some rehearsal time to not only train the people who are coming in that are new, but also just to give the cast a refresher. I mean, they haven't done the show for a year and a half, so we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting, but it, it's happening, y'all. I mean, Phantom is having open calls. Theaters are reopening. They, they've announced it. Hamilton rumors continue. Vaccines are uh, starting to get for younger people. So we'll see what happens, and hopefully that it definitely does come at a sooner rather than later date. Some more uh, fun news that happened this week. Uh, Amanda Klutz, for those of you who kind of listened from the beginning uh, of our podcast, we talked a lot about Nick Cordero and his situation, what he was battling. And his wife, Amanda Klutz, actually wrote a book called Live Your Life, which is the song that he's most famously known for that he wrote. She and her sister and a, a team of hers, they wrote a book in honor of his life, Nick Cordero. And not only is it going to be released soon, but they're also doing an audio version of the book. And she was struggling in finding someone who could tell the story, you know, someone who can portray the story the way that she wanted to, uh, because she thought it would be too challenging for her. Well, 
one day she woke up and she realized that it wouldn't be fair for anyone else to tell this story but her. So for those of you who have followed along Nick Cordero's story, who has followed along from Amanda Klutz herself, I was one of those people and I could not be more excited about her telling the audiobook. I definitely prefer a physical book than audiobooks because I tend to get distracted. Um, but I will absolutely, I'll probably end up buying both and have the book in front of me with her voice telling the story because I, I could not imagine her telling the story and just her point of view and perspectives that she will give, just the tone of her voice and everything like that. I, I, can't, I can't imagine. I'm so excited to hear uh, from her, but also learn more about Nick and his life. With that being said, I will continue to update you all on dates for when that comes out. I, I honestly, again, I can't say how excited I am in just not only hearing his story, but hearing it from her. I think it'll be really great. So on a lighter note, Diana the Musical, yes, that's Princess Diana. It's interesting. They're going to be releasing a Netflix version in October, and then they will be opening up on Broadway in December. Um, so it's really interesting that they're going to be filming the show themselves at the theater, of course. And I'm sure they either already did it or are doing it during these times, obviously with the proper protocols and everything like that. But that will be releasing before they open up on Broadway, which is really interesting. And um, I'm not going to comment too much on this because, you know, this could go one of two ways. It could really help their ticket sales. It could really hurt their ticket sales. But it'll be interesting. And I'm glad to see some more musicals on Netflix. So October will be the release date for Diana the Musical on Netflix. And it will be opening on Broadway in December. So we actually... The Take About family, including everyone who's listening, had a little bit of celebration this week because we launched a official Take About website. So on that website, you can check out a bunch of information about Take About. You can check out our shop and view our merch and maybe buy some for yourself or your family members or friends, whoever. More is to come right now. It's the Take About logo. But I promise you that we are working on new collections. So. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait. I'll keep you all posted. But right now, check out the Take About shop and our merch that we just dropped on our website. Also on our website, you can listen to all 45 episodes of Take About. So if you are struggling to find these episodes, they're all in one location on the website for you to make it easier for everyone. Because I myself cannot deal with technology. So I, I, I get it. That's why we are putting it on a website to make everything easy and more accessible to everyone. So check that out. It's takeaboutpod.com. If you enjoy it, please uh, give us feedback on social media, the emails on there, whatever, and uh, we'll be happy to hear from you. So thank you for checking that out and supporting us even by listening. So with that being said, I know there was a lot of news to get to. But we're going to change the structure of these episodes this week and maybe further. So that was the news that happened this past week. And during the outro, I'm going to give some news that will happen this week and some fun things to keep our eyes open for. So with that being said, I'm going to bump up the Drama Dictionary to the introduction. So let's turn it over to the Drama Dictionary segment. This week's Drama Dictionary Word of the Week is going to be show call. And I chose this word because 
you will hear this word a few times in the episode with Nico. And for those of you who may not know what show call means, uh, each individual actor has their own show call. And what these show calls do, each one has an individual one. And that's because, you know, obviously casts on Broadway, especially in musicals, they tend to be bigger casts. They can't have like 26 people trying to get dressed at the same time, trying to get wigs at the same time, because there's simply not enough people backstage to handle 26 people at a time. So each person has their own individual show call. But the average show call will be half hour call. That is when everyone has to be in the theater. So there are sometimes wig calls at like the 45 minute call. There's some like an hour call. They have these rehearsals and lift calls at hour call. So there's a bunch of different things and they definitely fluctuate. But usually these show calls really are for uh, either main characters who either partake in lifts or anything crazy that they may have to do during the performance. It also uh, is important for females on Broadway who need to get their wigs. Also male who, if they are wearing wigs that day. Yeah, and dancers especially, they go early to warm up their bodies and do what they need to do. Uh, Stretching, they need to get a massage, they need to roll their muscles out, whatever it may be. Um, So each individual actor has a show call, and at half hour call, that is when everyone has to be at the theater. So Nico and I talk about show call a lot during this episode, and we had so much fun during our show call. I would always come before our show call so that I could have fun with them, and you'll hear about that right now. So with that being said, Nicholas Gelmoni, curtain up. <laughs> Okay, so today's guest is going to be providing a brand new perspective on a side of the business that we have yet to talk about on this podcast. So he's an award-winning performer who you may know from Pippin on Broadway, France Got Talent, and traveling around the world doing Cirque performances. Please join me in welcoming the kindest person who taught me how to juggle, climb poles, taught me how to like balance on his hand and jump to his shoulders from his leg and like all of this crazy stuff. Welcome to the podcast, Nicholas Gelmoni. Oh my God, what an introduction. <laughs> oh my God, I feel so special right now. Oh my God, you are so special. Okay, I'm so excited for this one. We have been trying to like coordinate this for like quite some time now. So I'm really excited that we're finally able to do this. And I, I don't know, like because of you in Pippin, we shared our Broadway debut and like just you and like who you were as a person and just like watching your passion for like Cirque and everything made me so interested and like so gravi- and like gravitate towards uh, everything that you were doing. And I just wanted to learn and follow you around and do everything. I looked up to you so much. So I'm so excited to have you on. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. Of course. Oh, you're the sweetest. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Okay. So let's start at the beginning, I guess. So when were you like introduced to the circus and like what inspired you to kind of get into it? So I'm from Monaco and there's this massive like circus festival. It's like sort of like the Olympic yeah. Games of circus. 
here in Monaco that's happening every year. And so my parents, mostly my mom, like she brought me there every year. And I was one of the rare, this is a very long show. It's like, it's like three, four hour long. And my mom was like, you were always there watching till the last oh minute. I would gosh. never fall asleep or anything. And I think I just had that thing to like, I always wanted to be on stage performing. And I finished high school. I was like, uh, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. <laughs> There's no way I can get like a nine to five job. So I started making some research and I did, I had done some like gymnastics, a little bit of diving and a little bit like circus, like camp, stuff like that. And then I discovered circus schools. And I was like, wait, what? There's a circus school? This is crazy. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? You know, I moved to San Francisco for two years and then to Montreal for three years at the National Circus School. And it was mind-blowing. It was so cool. It was literally the best. I, I love learning also. Yeah. So being at school and like surrounded by so many circus artists or like circus artists-to-be was so cool. And so five years of school and now here I am like seven years later, like we've been working nonstop pre-COVID. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh my God. So you had no like practice in circus before you like went to school? No. like That's insane. Well, I guess, I guess that's what school's for. But like, no, yeah. I was like, oh my God, you need, you need to like come with like a level. You need to be like fifth generation of circus like mm-hmm. you learn everything from your parents uh my parents circus nope not at all <laughs> oh my gosh that's wild i had no idea especially because you went to like one of the top circus schools right I, so i auditioned for that school at first and then they were like no oh you're definitely not good enough oh my gosh i was like wait what oh okay so that's why i went to san francisco to do like a prep school so it's like a preparation program for two years and my goal there was just like okay i'm here just like learn to get better to get into montreal and then i got into montreal and i was like that's it that's like i remember seeing the website of the circus school in montreal back in monaco and i was like i want to go there i need i like i need to be there like it's gonna be perfect for me and it was it was was just like amazing once i got there i was like i was right like it was it was like life-changing three years best three years of my life oh my god not the best but like pretty good you know yeah no that's amazing so what is like an audition for like circus like what is that because you were saying you auditioned for the school like what does that look like so we went so the first time i auditioned i sent it the tape because i was here in monaco and so they would just ask a bunch of things and then the second time i went from san francisco and it was like a four-day audition it was exhausting oh my gosh nerve-wracking it was the most like physically and mentally intense thing like, for sure. Uh, I mean, I'm saying that like your audience is probably full of like performers that do auditions all the time. <laughs> so I'm like, what am I talking about? But <laughs> around just like probably just like you do. And then it was just four days of like starting at seven in the morning until like eight, nine or ten in the evening. I was just doing a bunch of things but for a very short period of time. And you're like, kind of like you're kind of stressed. So you're always warm. You're always like ready to do something and you barely right. do anything. It was just like. Oh, are you like in shape? Are you like, can you dance? Can you act? Uh, they did not ask me to sing. Thank God. I would probably not yeah. made it. <laughs> although, although we did have singing classes in second year, probably that was, that was probably like my worst. And then I was on Broadway, you know, you know, the yeah. <laughs> you know, casually, not a big casual. deal. There's all these amazing, all these amazing singers, but like <laughs> I was on Broadway and I can't sing. I love so, it. Great. So I, I want to ask you, like, when you went to circus school, was Broadway even like, 
in consideration? Like, is that even something that you thought of? No, I, I mean, I'm not going to say I don't think I knew what Broadway was. Like, obviously I knew what it was. I had seen some shows, but it was so like, oh, that's not a circus thing. And right. also I can't sing. Let's be real. I cannot <laughs> sing. <laughs> Sorry to like disappoint anyone. But I can't. <laughs> so I was like, no, of course. Like, if someone had asked me, I'd be like, uh, no. Right. <laughs> but then, right, uh, what, the day after I graduated, we were, like, in New York, and three days later, we were in the show. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. It, insane. You guys had such, you and your partner, Charlotte, uh, you guys have such had had such a uh, wild experience and kind of journey that is kind of happened so quickly but like so you remember fortunate. that right yes. you were already there well because we had entered the show basically at the same time so like i think that was like another thing that kind of like brought us closer and like allowed me to look up to you guys just because i was like oh we're kind of like coming in we're like the new guys you know doing this thing together. yeah we're all making our broadway debut and all of this stuff like we had so much to relate and it was just awesome to just like watch like everyone and like because everyone had like their own little things that they were doing and it was just so cool and fascinating to see like you and charlotte were the only like duo you know so like it was really cool just to like sit back and kind of watch you guys do your thing mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then and get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you went to circus school, do you kind of like focus on one, I guess, like trick, like juggling or hand to hand? Yeah. Or like, or do you do like, do you do it all? So in San Francisco, I kind of like did it all and tried a little bit of everything but very quickly you kind of like notice where where you're good at where you're not so good at mm -hmm. i mostly picked hand to hand because that's where i was the least worst at <laughs> uh, the other things i was really bad so i was like let's not do that right <laughs> and then montreal was mostly focused on hand to hand but it's very like multidisciplinary uh, school so we had a bunch of like other little things we could do and i think that's what's great from everyone that's coming out of that school we kind of like do it all type of uh acrobats and performers yeah which was great like for like pippin where there's like so many things we had to do and not just like throw charlotte right it's, like and also like learning to work as a group and the discipline that's what was so crazy with pippin where it was like circus is all about freedom and you can like which is different than gymnastics you know gymnastics is very like precise and needs to be perfect if not it's wrong and you get like deductions in circus, it's more about like the connection, like the emotions and the tricks. But you can like you can mess up. It's it's live. It's like you just go back up and stuff like that. And then Pippin was like, oh, so you have to do the flip on like the five, six, yeah. seven, eight. You land here, and then there's the three dancers, and then you gotta move. And it was like, 
whoa, okay, like, let's calm down. Right. <laughs> yeah, totally. And then you're going to throw Charlotte, and three guys are going to run under, and you catch her, and then she has to run, and she gets thrown again. And I was like, but what if, like, we miss? Like, are the dancers going to move? <laughs> and I remember Brad was like, no, no one's going to move. You need to be on your spot. I was like, Oh, my okay. gosh. Sure. <laughs> That's insane. I cannot even imagine just, like, kind of walking in, like, what is happening in this new environment <laughs> that you guys are not used to. So with hand-to-hand, it's a kind of like a duo thing. Do you have to, like declare a partner or like can you just do it like with whoever so Charlie and I have a very strict contract uh, okay. no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no we you can do it with whoever but it takes time like to get to the level where we're at now it's years and years of practice so you kind of get used to also we, we get along so well with Charlotte it's like why would we why would we go do it with, with someone else? Right. We can do it for fun with other people, of course. But it's like when we're working, if we want to be at our best, that's the thing we created Like for, I think it was our, what, nine-year anniversary? Eight oh, or my nine gosh. Year, eight, I think it was our eight-year anniversary. Like, oh, my God. It was our first anniversary that we were not together and not performing. Oh, no. It was very like, I was like, oh, no. Yeah, that's so tough. I can't imagine. Are you guys both in like different like countries? Yeah. Oh, my God. Me- she's in Mexico right now. I'm in Monaco. We didn't see each other for nine months. And I think the longest we had done was maybe three weeks or four weeks over like seven oh years. Oh my God. Max. So this time around was like nine months. I was like, this is crazy. How are we even going to be able to like perform again? And in January, we did a right. show and we saw each other in December. And it was as if like we had never left. Nothing changed. Yeah, nothing changed. And yeah, of course, it was that. like, it took a few days. I'd get back into it. And it was like, oh, we should take nine months off more often. Right. <laughs> yes, totally. Take care of your bodies, you know. Um, how, how long does it take you guys? We had just created this new show to launch. on To, like, learn a new trick. Like, how long, not only to learn it, but also to, like, perfect it so that, like, you know you can do it on any given night. That's a tough one. I mean, I guess it, it, all, depends, yeah. it all depends on the trick. There's some tricks that we still never... And we can do them, we can do them well in training, but then doing them like in training on stage, completely different story. So mm. it's hard. And sometimes like on the other side, it's like, oh, we have this idea, we try it. It's like, oh, it works. Great. That, well, that was easy. Right. <laughs> but we're very, both of us are very like perfectionists. So if it's not perfect and flawless, we're like, no, we're not. Sh- so we're not showing it to anyone. We're not performing it. But right. Yeah. It depends. I'd say it depends. Who, like, kind of, like, comes up with the trick? Or who, like, comes to the table and is like, we, I don't want to do this one. Like, let's try this. Who, is it kind of both of you guys? Do you have a coach? Uh, well, n- now it's both of us. I mean, at school, we had, we had a coach. And even there, like, the coach would pick mm-hmm. things up, but we would also come up with ideas. Uh, and since we left school, we have no more coaches. Uh, every now and then when we're back in Montreal or somewhere, we we have our coach. But if not, it's just the two of us. And it's just like being inspired. Most of the time we're inspired by very, very like cool things. And then we're like, okay, how can we like make it our own, you know, to not do the exact same thing? How can we change it? And also a lot of the times hand-to-hand duos, there's usually one very big guy and one very short girl, which is not our case. Like, Charlotte is kind of tall. Yeah. Like, not that big. So. Right. (laughs) You know, like, I'm not sure. You and I are actually the same height right now. Yes. I know, isn't that crazy? I saw it on your resume. I saw on your resume you were like 5'10", and I was like, oh my god, I'm 5'10". I was like, what? Wow. Well, now I'm old, great. 
No, 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 no. It doesn't make you old. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I remember like looking up to you, like when I was in Pippin at like when I was 12 years old, you know, like you would like literally just be effortless like when you try to like pick me up i did i did find some pictures oh my god look at that stop it oh my god stop you have to send them to me look at that oh my god so so actually rocking that costume i know i loved that clown outfit i have to say and the makeup and everything i just like really channeling my inner circus you know but i have to say like Nico kind of saved my life because there's this like trick, I guess, that uh, the Theos did in the beginning of Act Two. And we like ran up to the balcony and like did this like silly oh, yeah. trick where we just pulled a bunch of confetti out of our mouth. And like I loved it and everything. But like at the end of the day, I was like, with them doing that, what they're doing on stage, I need to do something, Can I do something cooler. cooler? Yeah, so, like, Charlotte actually, like, got hurt during Pippin, and she was out of the show for a little bit, and in the on-track, we got it to where we could work out that a few shows, I was actually able to do, like, hand-to-hand with Nico on stage, and not from the balcony, like, just on the stage, the beginning of Act 2, and I was loving life. It was so exciting. I was so excited. I always looked forward to that moment when I got on, when I just got to the theater. I was like, we're doing it tonight. I'm so excited. But also being an actor, I think, was one of the funniest moments because I think that's the act that I changed the most track ever. It would always be changing. Yeah, seriously. There was so many cool things we could have done. So it was like, and Brad like was super chill being like, oh yeah, like try that, do that, do that. It was like, oh my God, yes, we're having so much fun. Yeah. Well, that's kind of like got you back to, you know, like your really like circus where you could have that freedom, exactly. you know? Exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. Which was, which was hard to find in a show like Pippin where everything was so, was so placed. And even there, we don't always all have the same set of skills, which was one of the hard things at first. Right. Because it was like, oh, these are the tricks of the show. You need to do these tricks. And we're like, well, right. Okay, can we do like some of our tricks also? <laughs> also, and yeah. the original cast, like I was saying, big guy, short girl. <laughs> right. So there was a lot of like, a lot of these things. And I was like, okay, so I'm not like 4'10, I'm like 5'4. Right. Costume needs to be adjusted. Like all these, like, I don't remember, uh, I don't know if you remember, Act Two also, an extraordinary. I was carrying her in a basket. Yes. So she had to be oh like, gosh. I'm not that flexible. But like she had to be like in that position in a basket on my bag. Oh my so gosh. Cool, and she's five four. Love that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That's insane. I didn't even think about that. And it's interesting, like when you say like Pippin was so placed, and in a way it had to be because every time we were on the stage, it was so chaotic because there was so much going on that it had to be so precise, you know? absolutely, Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And it was the same thing backstage. Backstage was just as much place as it was on stage. Yeah, seriously. And super small. (laughs) So that was like, we had like no room back And I loved it when my friends would always come and before the show, they were like, oh, can we come backstage after? I was like, sure, there's really not that much to see. And you're going to see it all (laughs) at the end of the show because we're like, right because we that's it just deteriorate the set you know like we throw it out basically (laughs) but is that kind of like was that another challenge you know like 
was coming to like a Broadway stage where people think they're it's really big, but in reality, it's pretty small. Like, did you are you usually used to like a bigger stage with more space or? I guess it depends. We've we've done. I mean, Broadway was our first gig, so I guess we didn't have much to compare besides like school shows where we had big stages there. Now, since then, mm-hmm. we've done shows in massive stages, and then on the opposite, we've done shows on tiny little stages of like. 3.5 right. meter diameter, which I don't know how many feet that is. I think 10 feet. Yeah, me like neither. <laughs> but very small. <laughs> and since then, yeah. the smaller the better. First of all, it makes it look cooler. It makes it look more impressive. And I think that's what we discovered over the years. We like we like the proximity with the audience. And in a way, it's kind of like circling back to Pippin, where we were so close to the audience. Right. I don't know if you remember, but the first row, the first row was literally like elbows on the stage. And, <laughs> right, and we could we could connect. That was that's what was so cool. And some of the other like Broadway shows or bigger shows that you sometimes see, I'm like, oh, we're we're so far. Like, I want to, as a spectator, I want to hear the bleeding. Like, what we do, for example, is so like violent in a way. Like, when I catch her, like you can hear it if you're close enough. Like, yeah. you'll hear you'll hear her bleed. You'll hear uh, hear like all this. You'll see the sweat, which I think that's what's cool. That's why we're seeing right. the humanity of the performers. Absolutely. Do you have like a favorite thing that you do, like the hand to hand, Cairo wheel, juggling? All of you do like everything. You have trapeze and everything like that, or is kind of hand to hand your favorite? I, I love. I mean, hand to hand. I think also like hand to hand is what I'm what I'm best at. So of course I'd rather do something okay. that I'm good at than the things that I'm just like okay. <laughs> but I think with hand to hand, there's a lot of there's a lot more room for me to like play because I'm also in a duo, and I I love working in a duo. I think. I mean, that's why I've been with Charlotte yeah. for, for so long now. But we we know what we're doing so well now that there's room for, like, a little bit more, like, improv. I mean, not that we're improving when we're, like, performing, but <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. That was a terrible answer. No, yeah. It, no, it makes sense. <laughs> Just, like, the hand-to-hand. You, that's what you like to do. You're best at it, and you're most comfortable with it, in a way. Like, for a singer, it's, like you're good at singing very high and you love it like and you're being asked to sing very low it's like well it's a little bit less fun totally yeah i totally i personally understand that 100 percent this moment in time (laughs) (laughs) um so obviously like you know we we've been having this like you know circ to singer comparison i guess just to like make sense in everything so like you know, as a singer and actor and whatever, like the goal for us is Broadway. Do you, as a surf performer, like what is Broadway in your eyes? What is Broadway in my eyes or what is our Broadway in circus or both? <laughs> oh yeah, I guess both. But like, yeah, Broadway in circus, I guess. I mean, it's going to feel weird saying that because we actually like, did it. But for example, the festival in Monaco, like I was saying, it's kind of like the Olympics of circus. So mm. That's kind of like a bucket list. It's usually like you go there like at the peak of your career or even like as a recognition of your career. And we got to perform uh, at the festival here two years ago now and we won bronze, which was just like mind blowing. My God. It it was crazy because like it's a very traditional circus festival also. So it's massive, like big, big troops of like 20 Russians, like 30 like Chinese acrobats. It's like top, top level. And since it's very traditional, it's just, like, technically, they're so high. Yeah. And when they're so high, they make it even, like, harder. They're like, 
oh yeah this is hard well let me do it while on fire or while i'm like oh my god like twirling that thing on my hand at the same time and like i'm 20 meters high and we're like well we don't really do that like <laughs> we did right. that, like, a few that's insane we dance and like but people loved it you know like they like to see different things and the connection we have with charlotte and, and it's just it's just different but it was nice being recognized in such a big uh big festival so that's one and i'd say uh i mean Cirque du Soleil has always been as like a career goal in a way of being like even if it's just for one day i just want to be able to say that i worked for Cirque du Soleil you know because it's such a big thing i think that's the closest i would go for broadway it's like yeah every like singer want to be like oh i want to say that i was on broadway you know yeah and Cirque du Soleil would be that for a circus performer. That's so cool. I love that so much. And the fact that like the festival is in Monaco, which is like where you're from, I feel like that just like makes the whole thing better. And you were saying as like a kid, you know, that's what you would go and exactly. watch and like just be, yeah. I bet that was such like a cool moment for you. Was that kind of like the highlight of your career, as you may the say? Favorite sh- the favorite show that we did, because it was just like so much stress also. And I was back home, so I knew there was so many people like watching, and we we're presenting a new act, and it was it was great. But we've done some other shows. That I was like, oh wait, that was so much more fun, <laughs> you know? Right. And and like I was saying about like um, the tent here is so so big, so the proximity mm-hmm. with the audience, we didn't we didn't get that at all because we were so far from them. But it was still so nice, like present something and be like, this is what we do, like this is the piece we created. And then getting the recognition from it was amazing. And just like mm-hmm. when we worked for Cirque du Soleil, it was just like, oh my God, we're like, right now we're on a Cirque du Soleil stage. This is crazy. We're performing for Cirque du Soleil. And I can finally say when I tell people that I'm a circus performer, they're like, oh, like Cirque du Soleil. And be like, yes, like Cirque du Soleil. Sure. Yes. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. That was the one thing. Oh my gosh. My whole career. I was like, I want to work for Cirque du Soleil to be able to tell people, you know, those people that you don't really want to tell everything. You're just like, yes, sure. Like just so just like exactly like that. Right. <laughs> I love it. But there's so much more. There's so much more to circus than Cirque du Soleil. And that's what's great about circus, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think there's opportunities everywhere, like in all facets of the entertainment industry. Because at the end of the day, it's all kind of one big umbrella, you know, that we kind of just like branch off to our own specialties. But I just find this so fascinating. So, you know, you've been doing Cirque since you were in college. And I mentioned earlier, like, Charlotte had an injury like have you ever had like any injuries and like how do you come back from that and like how do you take care of your body to like prevent injuries because like you said like you're throwing people around and catching them that has to have like an impact on your body I mean knock on wood I've never been injured like badly oh my goodness I have like of course like little boo-boos ouch ouch, you know sure but I don't know maybe maybe I'm just lucky uh I try to be careful also everything that we do is controlled. Like sometimes people are like, oh my God, like she might die. I was like, okay, let's calm down. <laughs> we're not, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yes, it's very dangerous, but it's also like all controlled. We're not doing anything that might risk our life. It's not, it's not worth it, you know? And right. so just in prevention, I also think that there's a, there's a limit, there's a time limit, you know, I won't be able to do this my whole life. So yes, I'm getting like hit all the time. Uh, it's fine for now. Like, let's enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, totally. How, like, how often do you have to work out? Like, I mean, I see you working out all the time on like your Instagram, and you know, like, do you have to like eat certain things to like make sure that your body's in like good shape and everything like that? Uh, or is, I'm like, know? oh god, how's <laughs> <laughs> all the pressure? I mean. Yes and no. I think I, I kind of try to stay in shape, mostly to like feel good in my body. Mm-hmm. What I need to do to be able to perform at that level, I think it's just keep training with Charlotte, which sounds weird because right now we haven't spent uh, a lot of time together. And yet when we got back, it was still fine. I think there's a lot of muscle memory. And it's just like, if I can trust my body, if I know my body is good and in shape, like I can trust that I'm fine throwing her, you know? And we didn't, for example, like that time where we spent like nine months separated, we didn't just start by like throwing our hardest trick. It was like, okay, let's rebuild a little bit, like my reflexes and all that. I didn't need to get back in shape because I knew I had stayed in shape the whole time because I was like, okay, like this is only temporary, right? Like my career is not over. Right. We didn't get back to training and performing. So I need to keep my body ready for that. And then all those like balance things, that's, I guess that takes time like getting back into it but i cannot train my balancing someone without balancing someone <laughs> that makes sense you no know, yeah totally <laughs> okay so let's talk some more about pippin and you talked a little bit about how like you know you and charlotte are gonna like do tricks that like aren't risking your lives so but like all of the tricks that you do are still like intense and like that's what is so amazing and gratifying about all of the things that you guys do and in this one trick in particular my favorite trick was when you guys literally like blindfolded yourselves (laughs) and she stood on your head with one foot and you weren't even holding her like she was like I was it was like insane every time I watch it I would like half watch because I was like oh my god this is so scary but amazing at the same time like I mean how do you like you I mean I guess like what practice makes perfect and you know you have this comfortability but like how do you like know that like now's the time that it's like we have this and it's gonna be okay well funny to bring that trick because that's one trick okay. that we would not do before Pippin. Really? We had never done that. Oh my gosh. And that was the one trick that I think, so I don't know if you remember, but that was the spot of Rollerball before. Right. And Orion was doing that. And once Orion left, his replacement was not doing this trick because that was just, again, these are very, very specific tricks that not everybody right. can do. And so we were like, oh, what are we doing instead of the Rollerball moment? And then Brad was like, oh, well, when Rollerball was out, the handstand couple was doing standing on head, blindfolded, on one foot. I was like, well, that's great. We don't do that. Oh, so what are we doing about it? Gosh. He was like, well, just learn it. I was like, sure, let's just learn it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, and so we just learned it. I mean, again, we know we know what we got to do. We know the technique. So it was just like... And that was a trick that like came pretty fast, but we were never super comfortable. Also, Charlotte had yeah. her leg, and she was standing on her wrong foot, so she was never very comfortable oh in that trick. God. I wasn't either. We were both blindfolded; we could barely see anything. We were always like looking very stressed, which was part of the show. But I was like, "This is not acting. Like we're actually like, yeah. not that comfortable." Oh. <laughs> this yeah. is like you guys and how you're actually feeling exactly. in the moment. That's amazing. <laughs> 
that makes it so much better though from an audience <laughs> perspective maybe not a performer's perspective what was your favorite trick? Um, what was your favorite circus trick that you did in the show you did the walking on the globe yeah the the ball was really fun and i always liked because it started out that like you know the trick was you walk on the ball and, and you were like, oh no i'm gonna juggle yeah and then i was like how can i make this like more fun like like it's just like walking you know and then you taught me how to juggle you and marceline and i was like is it possible that like i could do this at the same time and i think that ended up being my favorite one i mean that was kind of like the only one that i really did um that was kind of like my big moment um <laughs> other than the confetti the out of my and all mouth. That, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean as far as circus is concerned that was definitely the favorite one that i did uh, but for those listening who may not know, like the Rollabola, Orion, you know, all of you have your own like specific tricks. And Orion, who was a performer, an acrobat in Pippin, he like had these like five metal cans that were like circular and balanced oh, them God. on each other. Yeah, it was like all of these crazy things. Look it up because it's wild and it's definitely something worth watching. So that's really interesting that like, you know, they had already had a plan for when he left. And, you know, the the guy coming in for him didn't re necessarily have to learn his trick. And instead, you guys had to learn Kelsey and Jamie's trick, the guy, the two before you. Exactly. And that's, I think, what's so crazy about Pippin and Broadway and Circus in general, where I, I just we discovered like understudies and all that, which we don't have in Circus, you know? We oh, don't have right. Just ready to like take our spot in a hot second and they know exactly our track because, in a way, no one like everything that we do is so like weirdly specific. Not that it's like so hard, it's just like it's just a set of moves that are so like unique to everyone that it's hard. And we don't, I cannot just have someone right now like ready to do my act like if I'm gone, you know, like. Right. It would take like so much time to practice with Charlotte, mainly because I'm in duo even more than in solo. So that's what was so great when we discovered Pippin. We were like, oh my God. So like, I remember one day like Pippin was out and the understudy went on and it was like, oh, you have to do like the two high and the back talk and all that with that person. I was like, what, what? Like I've never what? literally, like, I've never touched or like through that person. How am I doing this trick? It's like, oh, he knows what he's doing. I was like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's crazy. And that's what that's actually interesting because that was one of the things, you know, that I w was also kind of introduced to, not like introduced to, but like in the circus world, I was kind of like, well, if Charlotte's out, like, how does that affect Nico? Does that mean he's out? Like, because. I, I didn't know, like, and you guys were, like, coming from this new, like, side of the industry and everything, so I didn't know how it worked, but thankfully, like you said, like, the two worlds met, and we were able to figure it out where, like, it didn't affect you and your performance. I mean, exactly. it definitely affected it. I mean, it, it, it did, but, like, but, we, we, made it, we made it work. Yeah. We made it happen, and I think that's what was so great with Pippin. It's like, the show must go on, you know? We were seven acrobats, right. and we went down to, like, four and a half, five acrobats, on some shows and it was like we, yeah. had a, we had a great team that's what was so wonderful and that's what happens when you're with great people and yeah so you literally you mentioned earlier literally just came out of circus school and you're now on a broadway stage in new york city i mean what is that moment like for you like and charlotte just like adjusting from coming from montreal to like new york and like 
moving but also like in this environment that you've never like really been to like never thought of broadway like what is that whole thing like i mean you guys are young and still like literally just come out of circus school it was i think it all happened so fast Mm -hmm. that i didn't have like i mean obviously i can't speak (laughs) for charlotte but i didn't have time to realize what was happening and yet here i was on a stage like five six seven eight throwing someone on a red cross just the opening number I and mean, for anyone listening go watch it like they did it to tony they, yeah. it's crazy like you could watch it 10 times i think and look at everyone's track it's crazy we would start with the curtain but i remember that kabuki was in my face yeah <laughs> in my face yes. while holding charlotte on one foot oh my gosh I was like of course you have to sing nico i was like oh my god brad like I'm holding her. <laughs> on my face. You want me to like sing at the same time? Sure, let's do it. So we're like right there. And then the opening act was like, boom, 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 boom. And we finished. And I was like, oh my God, we did it. Yes. <laughs> right? And literally, it's so true that like once we got past that number, like, we oh. all knew <laughs> the rest of the show was smooth sailing. <laughs> it was nothing. But I think that was the perfect example of like my experience in New York. It was just like, I got so I got there later than Charlotte because I had visa issues. Mm. Everybody was waiting for me in New York in the theater, and they were like, "Where's oh. that Nico guy?" I was like, "Go to <laughs> Montreal, guys! I'm ready." We had done like all the like we were like we had seen like the videos. We had like I knew kind of like my track, but we hadn't rehearsed yet with with Brad, the dance captain, or the cast, or anyone. And I was just in Montreal with all my stuff was packed. Everything was packed and ready, just waiting for the call, being like, your visa's ready. And then I drove, I think, to oh Ottawa gosh. to grab my passport and then drive down to New York. And then I think I got to New York on a Sunday. Uh, so we had only one show, one matinee. But like, I did a quick rehearsal with Brad, yeah. then saw the show. Then I was like, oh, we're rehearsing on Monday because my first show's on Thursday. And they're like, oh, no, Monday's off. I was like, what do you mean? like?" We're on stage in like four days and we're taking a day off. Like what? Right. <laughs> can we can we make an exception? Maybe he's like no. He's like <laughs> okay. Right. So Tuesday, Wednesday, we were so uh, Thursday put in. Thursday was our opening night with you. Oh my god! You had like four rehearsals yeah. basically. <laughs> oh my god! Like Brad, our dance captain, was so good, and he was just like Nico, if you do your yeah. thing right here, like you're gonna be fine do it like everybody's mm-hmm. gonna do their own track like it, it, like everybody's gonna be watching don't worry like it's all gonna be fine I was like okay yeah <laughs> it's all gonna be fine and it was hey that's awesome it, as long as it worked out right. right um so you actually also went out on tour with the show uh when it went on their national tour okay so touring companies and like broadway companies tend to like be a little different in the story can change like songs can change choreography can change anything like that was there anything like that for you that was kind of affected your track from when you did it on broadway to when you did it on tour i think again it was so fast we closed and we were not supposed to go on tour (laughs) and someone got hurt and he was like nico can you come i was like like now i was like yeah now i was like okay (laughs) pack our bags like we had just closed on sunday and i think same thing, like three or four days later, we were on tour. So I think what was so, I mean, not weird, but it was just so different. That we were like, we're back doing the same show, but it's different people. It's the same costumes. It's yeah. the same props, 
but we're not like, oh, I'm looking at Theo. It's like, oh, no, it's not Eli. What? what? Like, what is, like, is this, yeah, this right. a weird dream? Like, where people are, like, playing with us? Like, so that's what was so interesting at first. We were just like, oh, we need to get used to it. We've done the show for, like, seven months with the same people or rotating people and all that. But that was just so, like, everybody was different. But I still had Charlotte, so our track was still, like, the same. Uh, mm-hmm. My other, like, I don't know if you remember Kai, which was the other, like, male-based track. Right. He was there too, so he was still like our little duo. So not much had changed. Lucy Arnaz was playing Bert, right. Bertha, uh, which I had worked with already on Broadway. So we had the duo trapeze like already done. So yeah, it was just it was just different. And then like as things went, we went on for such a high of closing Broadway to then being on like smaller cities in the US where it was like, Oh my god, where's that energy? Where's that fuel? And like and then I noticed like, oh what's different is where the audience is yeah because on tour it's massive theaters <clears throat> with like a big orchestra pit so the first row was so far away and i was like oh like that's what was so great with the music box and that's why right it was so perfect in that theater because we were so close to the audience and if you try to do the same show with like on a massive stage where like the audience is so far it's like of course it's different so Right. And I think too, like Pippin on Broadway, it was so choreographed to do it, it like in the audience faces in a lot of ways, like that opening number, like we would all get into their faces, we would go into the aisles, we would do like all of these crazy exactly. things, which we couldn't do on tour, we couldn't go in the aisles. Yeah, exactly. So like, I, I can't imagine like how, how, how like different that is, especially like in a show that's kind of choreographed to be that way and to be in front of the audience so that's crazy but also I wanted to ask on tour like you know you're traveling around from place to place did it kind of feel like you were in like your little own circus troupe in a way just like traveling with your circus people <laughs> I mean pretty much <laughs> I mean that's what that's what like Pippin was all about but yeah like I had, yeah again, we, had, we had never toured because that was our first job so went straight from like seven months on Broadway and it was like oh we're getting right back into the same but other show but now we're doing it on tour so it's like oh one city one week and again like you get that rhythm where it's just like oh my god like that's it that's my life now eight shows a week like right non-stop now that was another thing too like do you usually get days off in Cirque because like on Broadway you know you get Mondays off but on tour you get Mondays off but you're traveling so it's really not like a day off and you don't really get to rest that much oh for sure tour tour was the hardest schedule i think yeah. in my whole career because broadway like you said we, we had that one day off. we also had that great schedule because we had sunday because yeah. we, we had sunday matinee so we had sunday night off right Monday whole day and night off and then tuesday pretty much the whole day until show call that was i was like right that's a good schedule and yeah. then on tour like you said like the whole week which is fine it's like yeah four days of one show day and then suddenly you hit the weekend saturday sunday double double I was like, whoa, we're tired. You know, right. we're tired. And then Monday, exactly. Sometimes it was like six or seven hours in a bus. And I was like, this is not comfortable. This is not helping my body right now. My body's exactly. not resting. But, you know, YOLO. You got to do. <laughs> you gotta you do. Got, yeah, right? <laughs> you know, and that was one of my favorite things. You know, like you mentioned, like, show call. That was my favorite thing about coming to theater. I remember I didn't have to be there until like half hour call, but I remember always coming like an hour and a half before the show. Because you wanted to be with the cool kids. 
and I wanted to be with you guys. <laughs> and we, I literally either just sat and watched. I was chalking up my hands, pretending like I was you guys, like juggling, doing whatever like I could to like try and fit in with you guys and just sit and watch. And I loved like, is that kind of like a routine that you have like in any show that you guys do? Like, do you come and prep a little bit before the show or is it kind of, was it just for Pippin that you had to do all these calls for caution and everything like that a little bit of mix of both i mean we always warm up with, with charlotte so we usually don't train during the during the day or during the week with charlotte because if we do we end up just spending our whole day like training and working yeah. <laughs> so instead we'd like to do a bigger warm-up which we use as training so we do we do come in early and we use that warm-up training period as that warm-up period as training periods so we, we did get used to that but yeah in Pippin sometimes it was like oh you always have to do like that chicken warm-up and we were like well we don't really need to but sure we'll do it if if it helps it was also mostly for like the the dancers and the actors and all that it was like for example the duo trapeze we would run it every single day every single day before the show we would run the duo trapeze act which I was like right we don't really need to because we've done it so many times but I think it was like make it was a feel-good moment for everybody to be like oh we've done it before and the first time we're doing it of the day is not like right in the show so right yeah the other thing though too is like with broadway you know like because of the actors equity association like the union that we're in you have to have those like fight calls and lift calls yeah. and all of these things be and, and like you're getting paid extra if you participate in them because like it's dangerous or whatever like it, it, there's just so many rules and like restrictions that you have to do so like in a sense they're like needed and i guess it's for that feeling of oh you know like i've done this already today so it's going to be okay exactly. but yeah it, it's interesting just like the differences that like but yeah i mean even just are small but they exactly actors equity we don't have we don't have a union right so that was like wait what mm -hmm. <laughs> and then sometimes it's great it was like oh it's nice to have a union and then sometimes we're like oh my god why are you making it so complicated like, why can I not just grab mm. that prop? Like, <laughs> let me just grab my juggling club. Right, right. I don't need someone to hand them to me. I, I can do it by myself. Yeah, totally. But, and then on other things, it was like, oh, this is amazing. They're just like saving us <laughs> and looking up for us. I love it. Yeah, it's great. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
So let's talk about France Got Talent, okay? Because this is something that is just mind-blowing to me. And honestly, it's something that, like, really went viral on, like, the internet and everything, like, even in America. So let's let's talk about it. So you guys, you and Charlotte went on France Got Talent, okay? And you got the golden buzzer, and you guys were, like, finalists. So, like, you made it far. So you guys had so many accomplishments there. What is that process like? Because I have to say... I had never seen you guys kind of do your like act, just you two, you know, like I always saw you in a show doing like things that you may have been told or whatever. So it was cool to see like this new variety that you guys were doing and you kind of like turned it into like a dance with all these tricks and I loved it. So talk about that and like what it was like and what inspired you to audition. Well, what, what we do, we, we love, we, we want to make it look like we're dancers that can do tricks, which mm-hmm. obviously we're not dancers <laughs> but we, we want to make it look like that you know like fake it till you make it right but and we always want to like create new pieces i think that's that's what's so great just like a singer it's like you like to sing different songs and i think friends got talent was a good opportunity to create new pieces and present different things with like the sort of like big production aspect and for example we always wanted to do an act in water we always wanted to do an act with fire and that gave us the possibility and the chance to do it which are not easy things to do in a normal show where we're like oh so we're coming with our pool because we're doing an act in water you know so (laughs) just casually right but (laughs) so yeah that was a great occasion for us to try to try these things and i mean clearly it worked because we we did get the golden buzzer which was just like and i think you can genuinely see it in our face if you watch the video of just how like the act did not go that well for us we were like what damn it like that wasn't that great it's fine whatever we'll, like start speaking and the guest judge is like speaking and he's like do you want to see them go to the finals and he has the hand on the buzzer and everyone's screaming he's like okay let's do it it's just like ah. <laughs> <laughs> right oh my god you have no idea how much confetti is there were <laughs> i still have some at home oh <laughs> but it was just like Ah, we did it that's awesome it was, it was it was pretty cool yeah i bet that had to be like such a surreal feeling just to like i can't believe that you guys think you didn't do a great job because literally i watched the videos at least a hundred times like i'm obsessed with that video it's so good and it literally went viral because they posted it on youtube and oh, like it was thanks. all over facebook and everything <laughs> literally it was i was like oh my like i don't even think you guys like sent me the video or anything. I literally just like saw it on social media one day and was like, "What? How did like I, I not know about this?" Yeah, like <laughs> I was in a show with them. Seriously, oh my god! And I was like so excited. And then of course I had to follow along for the rest of the journey. Fire. Right, right. So like I said, you two were finalists. Did you guys have expectations of getting that far? Like when you thought about auditioning for the show? No, our goal was just like. We're going to have fun. We're going to do our best. And the, the further we go, the more we get to create. That's, that's what was so great. It was like, right. and also it was hard because, so usually our acts are five to six minutes long. Friends Got Talent was one and a half minute, I think, two minutes three, or two and a half minutes. It's pretty short. So we were like, okay, like how do we pace uh, our tricks? Right. We don't have 500 tricks either, you know? <laughs> and so for the auditions, we were like, okay, we need to show like, our big moves because we want to impress them. But we want to keep some big moves for like, in case we go further. Right. 
So it was weird, like finding our balance. And then the second act was in the water where we got the golden buzzer, which was like, okay, we can definitely not do our big tricks in the water. It's way too dangerous. So we had to like adjust. And then for the finals, we're like, okay, like let's rock it. Let's bring like, it. this is, that's it. Like we kept a few like moves for the finals, even though we didn't know if we were going to make it, but we were like, we, we need to like step, step up our game every time. And you know, it's, it's kind of like when you watch the show, it's very long. Yeah. But when you're actually like shooting it, we're shooting like pretty close every everything besides the the finals that are live. So we don't have that much time to just be like, oh, we're gonna learn a whole new set of tricks, you know? Right. So we had to, we had to keep some tricks in our backpack. Yeah, I bet that had to be like so stressful, like to because you guys had to choreograph that, right? Like you guys did that all yourselves. Yeah. Well, it's weird because like the semi before it was pre-recorded, so the audition and the semifinals were recorded. Mm-hmm. So it was weird because we were like oh, we don't know what they're going to do with the video. And that's one thing why we didn't want to do those Got Talent shows before. Because oh. we're like, what happens if we fall? Mm. Like in a live show, if we fall, people like connect even more with us. You know, they're like, oh, this is human what they're doing. You know, they can fall. It's okay. Like we get back up, we keep going. We usually have even like bigger crowd reactions when we fall, which hopefully like we usually don't fall too much. Yeah. <laughs> TV, it's like, what are they going to do? You know, mm-hmm. what if we fall and it's not no big deal. And then suddenly it's like the judges being like, oh, my God. And they make us look terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, they ma- they're making it so like, dramatic. It's TV, then again, it, it's TV. Like, that's that's what they're selling. Yeah. So we were scared about that. And then the finals was like, oh, no, now it's live. But like, oh, my God, now it's live. Yeah, right. <laughs> On TV. Like, do people can people connect through a screen? You know, like, that's what's hard. Like, finding that balance was like. How can you uh, how can you like share emotions through a screen? Which interestingly enough, like with COVID, mm-hmm. that's that's what happened. A lot of people tried to do like online shows and all that, and I was like, "This is great. I love that people are trying, but it's a live audience. Nothing's gonna replace a live audience. Right? Connecting with someone, like looking at someone in their eyes, not through a phone, not through a computer, like hearing the claps, like I was saying, like hearing the performer, like breath, uh, seeing their sweat." That's that's something that you'll you'll never see on a computer, I think. Right. Or screen. Yeah, it's so different, and just the way that you guys were able to pull it off was just oh. awesome to watch because you totally did it. I Thank know you. it must <laughs> just seems like you're super hard and whatever, but you guys totally did like the everything that you needed to do, and I think it clearly shows because you made it far and you guys got the golden buzzer, and I think that's just so cool. But let's talk about like another like on screen kind of. I mean kind of on screen that you did which is also viral this video that you guys did with jordan matter and it's the it's those like 10 minute challenges that he does you know like you go around new york and like you're on the streets and you just like take a bunch of pictures you know in 10 minutes yeah like you two were like usually you know he has like dancers on so like they're doing like a kick or they're doing like a jump or like a leap or whatever. But you two were like having to do like hand to hand and like, you know, I mean, usually people can just jump and like whatever. And so I really didn't know how it was going to work. Cause you know, you have 10 minutes to take all of these photos and you guys need like at least like 20 seconds to like figure out what you're going to do and then do it and like get her on your shoulders or in, on your hands or whatever it may be. Um, I, I bet that was so crazy. How fun was that to do? That, that was, that was pretty fun. So we had worked with Jordan uh, a while back. We, we had taken a lot of pictures with him for his books and all that. Yeah. And then he started doing those videos and he started going viral, like on YouTube and all that. 
and we were just in Australia. We were touring Australia, and we had just worked in Sydney at the Opera House. Yes. And we had switched city, but he was coming to Sydney. And he was like, guys, let's do a 10-minute photo challenge in Sydney. We were like, well, we're not in Sydney anymore, but sure, you know, we have two days off. Let's fly to Sydney and do a 10-minute challenge at the Opera House. Oh, my gosh. So we get there, and we had had never worked like that with Jordan for – Every time we had worked with him was for his book, so it was like still photos, and it was for his like right. dancer after dark book, which was all like naked, like black and white naked. So it was very like, oh, boring. Yeah. Like it was for him photo shoots usually when you know the streets are empty and all that. Mm-hmm. And now we're suddenly like bright daylight, like there's so many people, and we're like, okay, let's let's plan it a little bit. It is it is serendipity and like improv, but we still had like we're like okay. Again, we don't have 500 tricks, so we're like, okay, this is the tricks we're going to do. This is where we're going right. to do them. Kind of, we have an idea of like where we can move because in 10, it, it goes quick, 10 minutes, huh? We can't just be like, oh yeah, we're going to go from there to there. It's like, and what? You waste a minute and a half running from one place to the other, nothing tricks. Yeah. <laughs> so we kind of had like a few things planned, but then it went so, I was exhausted. Oh my gosh. Like, exhausted i was like this is harder than an act right now first of all because it was longer you literally didn't get to breathe you guys were literally running I think there was the adrenaline and the excitement and jordan is like yeah i get excited jordan is like 300 percent more excited than i am. <laughs> and it's just right. like screaming he's like go 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 run more one more go run over there I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> but it, it was so much fun and then we did another one here in monaco which was great. I mean, we've worked so much with Jordan. Oh my he, gosh. He's great. It's always fun. And his pictures are fantastic. And also, yes, he, he does a good job taking pictures. <laughs> that too. Yes, it's so amazing. So let's talk about what you're doing during quarantine. So you're doing two, you've done two fun things that you, uh, have been going on since quarantine. You started this new workout group called Work Home yeah. with Nico. And like, you really, like, you honestly, like, have like a nice following from it and like you do it on like instagram live and through patreon and stuff like that what kind of inspired you to do that was it kind of like you just working out and finding yourself being like oh well people are probably are in the same boat and want to work out too so i made help people <laughs> well first of all no one was in the same boat because i was literally on a boat i don't know if you remember but oh my god right so we have a little backstory there we had just created this new show to launch on richard branson's uh new cruise line so we were always like kind of like not a big kind of cruises we didn't want to work on like cruise ships but then it was with the seven fingers which is the same company that did pippin yes so it's a company that we love that we've worked with for so long that do great things so we're like okay if it's with them maybe maybe it's gonna be different you know and then they were like, okay, listen, listen to the pitch of like the show, but also of like the concept of the, the ship. And it was a ship that's supposed to be like adults only, very kind of like fun, like for anyone who's like too cool to cruise. So it was like, okay, so it's not just going to be like old people, like in a cruise ship. <laughs> like, yeah. Fine. And, right. and the show, the pitch for the show was great. It's like a modern version, like sports, modern version of Romeo and Juliet. And we're playing Romeo and Juliet. So it was a great role for us. It was all Aww. great. So we're like, fine, let's do it. We've been working on the project for two years now. We're finally on the ship. We're supposed to launch April 1st. Well, let me tell you, Miss Rona was like, uh-uh. <laughs> this is not happening. Right. This is not happening. So we're in the middle of the Atlantic. Everything is stopping. <laughs> Coronavirus oh my God. is now a thing. 
we are rerouting. We were supposed to go to New York and launch like their set. Big, like mm-hmm. big, big party and all that. They're like, no, we're canceling that. We're going straight to Miami and we're going to wait a little bit there and start the cruises, regular cruises. We're just not going to have a big party because now it's not the time to have a big party, you know? Right. So we're like, okay, sure, it's fine. That's a shame because we're all excited about New York and like partying. And then as the days go by, it's like, no, everything's canceled. Everything's canceled. And now I'm like stuck on that ship. But they're super kind. They're like, you can stay for a few weeks until you figure things out. And also France and Italy was so bad uh, mid-March that I was like, I'd rather stay on the ship for a little bit. And then when I went to leave and we were supposed to leave, the CDC and all that, it went crazy. And we got stuck. I was stuck on the ship for three months, three, four months. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, not that bad. It was, it was honestly not that bad. Nothing to complain. Like, it was, we were very well taken care of. But I was stuck in my cabin, you know? And the first thing in my mind was like, first, yes, I need to keep working out. But also, I want my mom, who's back in Monaco, to work out. So how do I get her to work out? I'm going to do the workouts live oh. on Instagram so she can join. Oh, my god! The whole concept That's was hilarious. no equipment and all levels welcome and only 10 minutes. Because I was like, okay, uh-huh. like, let's not lie to each other or to ourselves. Everybody has 10 minutes in their day to work out. Yes. However busy you are, you have 10 minutes. You cannot tell me that in a 24-hour day, you don't have 10 minutes to take care of yourself and take care of your body. <laughs> so that's what I started doing. And then, like, I was doing two workouts every single day. Every single day. No days off. Two workouts. And, like, people were, like you said, in the same boat as me where they had nothing to do. They were home. And it was, in a way, my way of, like, performing also. Because I was live. So it was, like, right. I, get, I get to, like, still be with people, you know? I still get to have fun. I'm a fun guy also. I get excited. I wanna, I'm want. i playful and all that. And that was my way of like expressing myself and like sharing it with people. And then I started building this community where it's just like, oh my God, everybody's so nice. Like, I want to meet you guys. And then we started doing some Zoom, some oh. Zoom workouts where I could see them. And I was like, oh my God, I'm putting faces on like an Instagram handle. <laughs> and, and yeah, and, and then when I finally got out of the ship, uh, I started making like a, a little like uh, Patreon, like you were saying, so now people can like become members and join the join the program, and it's giving me a little income also, which is good during these these times where it's not that much income coming in right now because there's not a lot of work. So right, yeah, that's been fun. Yeah, and if you want to check that out, it's at Patreon.com/slash Nicholas Gelmoni. Yeah. That's N I C O. L-A-S-J-E-L-M-O-N-I. Oh my goodness. You should have sang Sorry. <laughs> that was yeah, right, right. I should have. Or or on Instagram. Or on Instagram. I'm very funny and I have great puns, so work home and not work out. <laughs> yes. Uh, and tell and tell them your Instagram. Like your my personal, personal one? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm not yeah, gonna yeah. sing it though, because remember I can't sing. Uh at yeah. Nicholas Gelmoni. <laughs> so N I C-O-L-A-S-J-E-L-M-O-N-I. Maybe I could rap. There you go. It was great. And so it's just your name. Great. So go check him out because all of those, you can keep up with everything he's doing. You can check out his workouts, all of these fun things. And you can find some of these pictures and amazing memories that we have talked about so far today. So if you're interested, go check that out uh, at his Instagram. So before we wrap up, we also, <laughs> during this wonderful coronavirus season, in January, Nico actually pulled off and was able to produce 
and perform in a show in Monaco and that's where he's from. And so he got it to work out. And like he said, he was able to reconnect with his partner, Charlotte and all of these amazing things. So how did that work? And like, have you ever produced a show before? So I've never produced a show before. Oh my God. So you had to do it. So you know, so you know what I said? What? You know what I said about like, everybody has 10 minutes a day at least to work out. Well, Maybe I lied. When you're producing a show and performing in a show, you do not have 10 minutes. Right. Yeah, That. I mean, that was insane that you were able to do this. And I can't believe that this, your first ever time producing was during the time of COVID. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. But talk to us about that. Like, what was that experience like of producing it and kind of organizing everything? But also, like, how did it work as far as performances and like did you have to wear masks while you performed like what did you have to do that was kind of different i mean it it was crazy it was i think crazy exciting and amazing would be the three words it was just like so much so much work yeah (laughs) but but so but such great work you know that's what was so exciting that it was like my personal project right i've been wanting to bring a show to monaco for so long and it's always been hard with like my availabilities the availabilities here and all that because of COVID, a lot of things got canceled and we were lucky that our government and the prince here, like they kept the culture alive and shows were still happening. So it was like, why would, why I'm not seeing any reason why we would not do it. So it uh-huh. was just like, okay, let's, let's do it. And as things were happening, like going and I was like signing papers and all that. I was like, oh my, it is happening. There, there's a, I'm bringing a show in Monaco. Yeah. It's happening. There's no coming back now. Right. And it was just this excitement of like getting something ready and finally also being able to show what I do in Monaco. Cause we performed here at the festival, but this is just one act, you know, this is just one five or six minute long thing. And we're used to doing like full length shows where we're on stage for like an hour, an hour and a half, or like tipping like two and a half hours, you know? And that's what I wanted to do. Bring something like that in Monaco. And I mean, it's crazy that it happened during COVID, but I think that was the best practice. Anything after this is going to be so easy. <laughs> you <laughs> right. know? Right. But yeah, we just had to like, it was one hurdle after the other. Every time we thought like, oh, we're good. You know, it was like, oh, well, they're canceling. And like France is blocking. No, the whole Europe is blocking its border from the UK. Where are performers coming from? The UK. Oh, so no. So what are we doing? You know? So it was all like little things that we had to like figure out and like, but then that's what was so exciting. It was like, oh, we're work- I'm working again on a different thing. And it's giving me motivation. And I was like up super late and up super early in the morning. But it was like exciting because it was like something that I was doing. And also, for sure, it felt like everybody needed it. It had been like nine months, you know, yeah. that like things were stopped. And I think the performers needed something. The audience needed something. That's the main comment we got from everyone who came and saw the show. Is like, thank you. Like, we needed, we needed this. Absolutely. It was such a big relief to like finally go back out. And I don't know. Have you have you seen a show since since March? Nothing. Nothing live. I mean, no. that feeling that you're gonna get once you go back in a theater or like and, and see a show. It's just like it's crazy. And the same thing for us on stage. Just being back on stage even though the people were super far away and like the tables had to be like a meter and a half apart. Everybody was wearing masks. So we're, the show we were doing was very like in the audience. Oh, okay. So when we were in the audience, we had to wear a mask, but as soon as we were on stage, we could remove 
our masks, but the audience had to wear the mask the whole time. Right. Did you do like, did you ever like consider the like face shields or anything like that? Or like, was it kind of just like no, the masks? It was, it, it was like the mask, but we had a great like costume designer who could design like very cool masks. Oh, perfect. That was the one thing that I was like, we are not doing a show in the middle of COVID pretending that COVID doesn't exist. This is not, this, this is right. like the elephant in the room that we're not going to talk about. No. Like, it's yeah you know exactly and it's not like people had to wear their mask anyways they've been doing it for months now it's not like a shocking thing that we're gonna ask them to do and everybody was like i'd rather come and wear a mask than just not come and not see anything so it was so wonderful it was so wonderful well that's awesome i mean hey if there's any broadway producers like listening to this right now call nico he knows what's up he did a successful show so that's awesome i'm so glad to hear that you were able to find outlets to continue to perform uh both virtually throughout through your workouts and also like at a venue uh and doing it live so that's awesome that you were able to do that and I just appreciate you so much for coming on today oh. and talking to me about everything circus and Broadway and everything like that. This was a, literally a blast, and I'm so excited that we were able to. Catch oh my up. god, Eli! Thank you so much for having me. This is it's been amazing. I'm so proud of, of you. Of course. I'm, I'm so I can't wait to see you again. It's so amazing seeing you grow. Oh my gosh! And even though you can't sing "Going to the Sky" super high, I still love you. <laughs> you amazing. <laughs> thank you thank you i love you too and i'm so happy that we were able to catch up and literally you know me i mean i literally fell in love with circus because of you so to ask you all of these questions that i've been like wanting to ask is just such a joy to me and just seeing you again and everything i'm so happy uh when you come to new york or maybe i'll take a trip to monaco i we yeah. have to meet up soon I, I i know i want to so bad i need to see you we need to go to like olive garden again and <laughs> meet and go to the movies with Carly Hughes and all of exactly. these fun things. Oh exactly. my gosh, I miss it. I miss it all. Well, thanks again so much for having me. Of course. Take a bow, Nicholas Gelmoni. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We literally have been trying to get this to work out for so long uh he's in monaco obviously there's a big time difference there um so it's been a little difficult in coordinating things but i'm so happy that we were finally able to do it it's a brand new side of the entertainment industry and i loved how this really connected the whole entertainment umbrella you know we talked i've talked about it before i've never really wanted to close this off to a broadway podcast because I knew that, you know, Broadway is so much more than just Broadway. I mean, Broadway meets all fields of the entertainment industry. And that includes Cirque and the circus field. Um, and that includes TV and film and and uh, artists in professional singers like Nick Jonas. He was on Broadway. You know what I mean. But yeah, so I'm so excited to hear from Nico. He's obviously a performer. I mean, this is what it's all about. So I was excited to get him on. I was excited to hear his point of view about Pippin coming in kind of completely blind uh, and not knowing anything about Broadway. And, he, you know, for those of you who listened to last week's episode, we talked about AEA and what that meant and that was the Actors Equity Association and that was the union that uh, us performers in New York are uh, represented by and it's so funny that he had never heard anything like that and you know he was getting this treatment and he was like 
wow, the, the, this is super nice that you're doing this. And he, like, he had no idea. So it was just really cool to hear the rawness and to hear his point of view and coming directly out of circus school to uh, being in a Broadway show. I mean, it's just such a unique story that you definitely do not hear every day. And uh, everything that he does with, by himself uh, with Charlotte, of course, his circus partner and France Got Talent and everything like that. It's just, it was so, so cool to talk to him about that. Uh, I loved hearing about France Got Talent because that was a really big thing that they did. And it, like they said, I mean, it kind of made them step out of their comfort zones. Just so just to hear stories like that, they're always kind of just heartwarming, especially when you know the person and you see them do these great things even after they've hit their peaks, you know, like he his peak was performing in the festival at Monaco, uh, which is his hometown and being in Cirque du Soleil, and then being in Broadway, like he's done like everything that he wanted to do. And he's just continuing to work and continuing to do new things. And now he's continuing to produce his own things. And I mean, it's just incredible to see all that he's been doing since Pippin. And it kind of it's amazing how it's worked out that, you know, Pippin kind of happened for him and then it opened up so many more opportunities and to do that so fast and so young it was really cool to hear about and to hear how uh he had to handle it all at such a fast pace so thank you nico for coming on and sharing your stories as i promised in the introduction we're gonna talk about some things that you can look for during this week without Broadway. And that is also going to be this week without Take About Podcasts after listening to this. So a virtual revival of Amour will air tomorrow, Friday, April 2nd, with Derek Baskin, Drew Gelling, Kara Lindsay, Adam Pascal, Christiana Pitts, and Rachel York, and so much more. So when this show was on Broadway... They only had 17 performances. So it's really cool to see that this is going to be revived and how this is going to be like an actual virtual show. So it's going to be really cool. You can get tickets all weekend. There's performances at 8 o'clock tomorrow, Friday, April 2nd, Saturday, April 3rd, and at 5 o'clock on Sunday, April 4th for just $20. So you can get a ticket for $20 and you can see a whole production of Amour with Broadway stars. Um, It's going to be amazing. It's going to be live. It's going to be virtual. It's going to be really cool. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see how they do it. Um, And of course, like the people in it, that's amazing. Uh, they're, They're incredible people and I can't wait to see them perform again. And I can't wait to hear all about it. So after those Friday, Saturday, Sunday performances, On Monday, which is usually Broadway's day off, there's going to be another event that is going to be really cool. In the Heights and Hamilton star Mandy Gonzalez published a book called Fearless, and she will be doing a virtual event as a launch party of the book with none other but the Lin-Manuel Miranda, okay? Tickets for this event are going for as low as $10. So you're going to be witnessing Mandy Gonzalez and Lin-Manuel Miranda in the same room. And they're going to be talking about the book that Mandy Gonzalez wrote called Fearless. And I'm so excited to see those two. And they're going to talk about In the Heights and Hamilton, of course. They're going to talk about the book and everything like that. And for just $10. And so the prices actually range. So there's like a $10 option. There's like a $23 
$50 option and there's like a $40 option. And in those options, you get access to the event and then you also get a copy of the book. And then you get access to the event and then you get the book and it's signed with something else. So it's just really cool what they're going to do and they're going to be donating it to charity. So if you have time on Monday, it's going to be at 8 o'clock. It's going to be awesome. It's wonderful what they're doing. Uh, go check that out. Seriously, it's gonna be it's gonna be really cool. And kudos to Mandy Gonzalez for making her publishing debut as she publishes her first book. So we talked a little bit about Nico's experience, and I think it's time to turn it over to the Triple E segment, which is Eli's entertainment experience. And today's Triple E segment is going to be about rejection. So during Pippin, you know, obviously when you are on Broadway, I've talked about this before as well. um, When you're on Broadway, you want to continue auditioning and you want to continue trying to find new jobs and new possibilities for you right then and there, but also uh, for future. Um, So while I was in Pippin, you know, I had done a bunch of auditions and there was one audition that literally I was about, I don't even think I made my debut yet. I still think I was in rehearsal. And I got the call that I had booked a uh, movie that was called, at the time, Brooklyn. But it ended up being Bridges of Spies. And I had booked that movie, and it turns out that I actually had to decline the role because Pippin wouldn't let me film while in the show. So it was really interesting. It was a crazy time. So that was like uh, in my first time that I ever had to do the rejecting. You know, I had to reject a role instead of the countless times that I have had to be rejected myself saying that I can't do the role. And I get a, I get the question a lot that uh, how do you deal with the rejection from auditioning and you know maybe not getting the part and honestly it's easier said than done but until you have this mindset you're not going to be able to be successful in this industry so it, it takes a while but you have to get accustomed to it and the way that I deal with it is I kind of use it as motivation it's you know you go in that day and you audition and literally it, you have to do like a men in black kind of thing and just erase it from your memory, like fully, you can't like think about it anymore. If you like get a callback, or if you get the job, you're like, Oh, wait, what was that audition? Like, what did I have to do with it? When was it? What was that for again? Like, yeah, like, it's totally that whole thing. Like, you literally have to just go in, do your thing and get out and be you and life goes on. And if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it wasn't meant to be. And it's something bigger and better is going to be available to you at a later time. And that's okay. That's totally okay. This industry is all about timing. And it's going to be, uh, it's hard to kind of, like I said, kind of not dwell on the auditions and be like, oh, well, this is one that I really, really liked and one that I really, really wanted because I could relate so much to it. And this is totally me and I totally see myself playing it. But at the same time, it's just like, well, 
maybe there's going to be something better that comes around that is going to be an even cooler opportunity that you relate to that much more. So it's really interesting how this industry kind of plays games with you, but it all works out the way that it's supposed to and everything happens for a reason. So just go in, be you. And if you get rejected, you get rejected. And honestly, it's hard to think of it at the time, but you could be rejected because you didn't look enough like your family members or you didn't look like your, you were too tall for your scene partner. Your scene partner is only five foot. And if you are 10 inches more than your scene partner, it may look silly and they can't get the proper camera angles and everything like that. So there's so many things that goes into all of these decisions that you kind of have to take into consideration. And if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And it'll be okay. And uh, it's exciting and it keeps you on your feet and it keeps you wanting more every time. So just go in, be yourself, do your best in all of the auditions that you ever go on. And most importantly, have fun. Have fun, not only with the material, but make sure that you yourself have fun every time you walk into a room. You're and make sure that like the second that you're not happy, this may not be for you. And maybe we want to try a different industry or auditions. You maybe you be more selective on auditions, um, saying that oh, I don't like. I don't want to audition for this one. It's not really for me. I don't see myself playing with it. And that's okay. Whatever is going to make you happy is what you have to do at the end of the day because you have to take care of yourself. And if you don't, then it's going to be even more difficult to land a role. Um, so just be you, be happy, and and try not to look at it as a rejection and more of a opportunity for something else. Now, I know that that may be... Uh, kind of a sad note so i'm gonna bring it up and i'm gonna recap this episode i want to thank nico for coming on and sharing his experience with us his circus uh experience his uh broadway experience his france got talent experience his uh producing experience everything he's done he's a man of many talents um and i'm so excited that we were able to have him on and get some new uh perspective on the industry and i actually want to say you're welcome for giving you all an opportunity to listen to one of the greatest accents of all time for the past hour so you are welcome and uh shout out to nico of course for coming on uh a lot of things are happening on broadway uh for as far as uh fun things surrounding the industry we are going to be back super soon better than ever and uh, i can't wait for that day and there's going to be and when it does reopen it's just going to mean that much more for take a bow it's going to be on another level so i can't wait i can't wait for broadway to reopen i can't wait to continue this and connecting with all of you every week thanks for listening and don't forget to check out the take a bow website so that's takeaboutpod.com And uh, we appreciate it. And I'll see you all next week. Bye, everyone. For this episode's Curtain Call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Berenstein, Brittany Bigelow, Katie Rosen, Alan Seals, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow is Tessie Tokash, who edits the audio and all the visuals for this podcast. A special thanks to patrons Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners at PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com TAB. And if you enjoyed this week's episode, don't forget to subscribe on the platform that you're currently listening to this on. 
Also, feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at TakeAboutPodcast. TakeAbout's logo is designed by Giselle Bustos, and the music is by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon. Bye, everyone. Hope to see you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.